Welcome back into Tapped Out here on the BetQL Network. Joining us now, Johnny Eblen, the Bellator middleweight champion, also a University of Missouri guy. I got to tell you, bro, I went to KU, so I'm a Jayhawk. So, you know, no love lost there. What's up with all you MU guys? Like, whether it's Woodley or you or, hell, I mean, you keep going, Ben Askren or Michael Chandler. How come all you guys have success doing MMA after wrestling? I mean, they have a few guys in like uh at penn state that you know go on to fight and they become successful you got ed ruth oh he he's not fighting anymore you got uh bo nickel and then you got um what's his name phil phil uh davis all psu guys and you got oklahoma state you had johnny hendrix you had freaking uh kyle crutchmer i'm sure i'm missing a few um but there's you know i, I think university of missouri though is uh is definitely a college that you know turned out a lot of high level fighters. Um, but you know, all across the, the, the D one wrestling landscape, you're going to have a few guys from the same program, you know, show up and do well, I think, you know, but at the end of the day, I think it's just like that college wrestling background is super important to have, uh, and dictating where the fight goes. So I think that's why, uh, guys like me and guys like, um, guys that have that college wrestling base have so much success in MMA. John, did you? Uh, how much did you even impress yourself with how bad you whooped Gegard Mousasi? I think he was steamrolling a lot of fools in Bellator, and I mean, <laughs> you you like you went through him, man. I mean, you dominated in that championship performance. I mean, was it even a little bit surprising to you how how uh, how good you were on that on that high level? Nah, I I kind of knew this was going to happen because of how I spar, how I train. Um, like the, the, the level of training partners I have is very high ATT. So I, I have a pretty, pretty good concept of like how good I am comparatively to the people I train with. So um, unless like gay guards, like a whole different animal, which he wasn't, I kind of knew he wasn't. Um, I kind of knew the fight would play out like that because all the training I do at ATT kind of like prep me to fight guys that are high level, like gay guard. Um, I got some of the best training partners in the world. I get some of the best sparring rounds in the world. So going into that fight, I was very confident in my ability to uh, manhandle. Johnny, uh, getting back to American top team, like it's such a factory over there. So many top guys. How do you, I guess, how, how do you find the right mix of, of what works for you there? Cause it feels like you have a, a factory there of everybody. You walk in there, there's a glass case full of belts. They know what the standard is, but is it, is it sometimes, was it overwhelming when you first got there? And, and how did you find your way in, you know, to the right, you know, sense of guys to work with to get yourself right for championship fights? That's a good question. Um, I, I, I don't think I've ever was overwhelmed because I've always, I've come from a, a background of like where being a champion is kind of the standard. Um, being being top notch is the standard. Um, coming from even my high school, uh, Park Hill High School, um, you know, they have a, a list of uh, state champs and state placers and, and uh, national champs up on the wall. And even in kids club, we had that, you know, so your whole, the whole objective was to get on the wall. Right. And then you just go from kids to high school, high school to college, college, they got portraits of national champs up there and guys that have placed at NCAAs, um, you got conference champs and stuff like that. So the goal was to get up on the wall up there. And then, you know, it's just nothing new. Get up on the wall at ATT and, and put a belt in the case. Um, I've been bred for this my whole life since I was a kid. So 
never was too overwhelming for me. Um, the way I got into the sport was through Steve Mako and I met some of my like core coaches, like probably within the first couple of weeks I was there. Um, I met King Mo while he was still training. He really took me under his wing. I met Mike Brown. He actually held pads for me the first time, like ever after grappling class when I was trying to learn how to box and he's not a boxing coach really, but he was like trying to help me as much as he could. And, um, honestly, like it, just thinking about it right now is just like crazy. Um, cause I would, I would work and then I would go to grappling on Wednesday afternoons and it would be Mike Brown's class. And then he would stay an extra hour with me after and just hold pads for me. Cause he knew I was a guy that like wanted to get better and wanted to learn how to fight. And then when you finally get into the cage and you got a guy like, Oh hell, I don't know. Dustin Poirier in your corner. When you talk about all these names, like these champions, these all-time greats, these Hall of Famers, how much does that elevate your own level, almost just not wanting to let these dudes down? Um, I mean, it's it just – I mean, at the end of the day, it's just me in the – or it's just me in the cage. They're just in my corner giving the best advice that they can. And I just think it – these guys have spent so much time in the cage. They know what it's like to be in there, so – and they all have their different nuanced views of like what's going on and like what techniques they think I could pull off and what they think I should need to do or what, what they think I, I should do in a fight or so on and so forth. Um, I just, I just really like carry, carry it highly that these guys are very, very like tested in, in, on the battleground within a, within a fight and just having that and, and knowing that they have that knowledge just makes me feel a little bit more secure having those guys in my corner. Talking to Jody Eblin, who's going to be fighting Anatoly Tokov coming up on February 4th on CBS. How big a deal is this for you, man? You fight on broadcast TV. Like, you know, that was something Kimbo did back in the day, getting that kind of a, a big audience. That has to mean a lot to you. Yeah, I'm glad that Bellator put me on this card. I'm looking to show out and have fun and put on a show, man. Um, whether it's rounds at the gym, whether it's during the COVID times when no one was even at the freaking fight and you could hear every punch, you could hear your corner, you could hear the commentators to having crowds back in. And then now like on live on CBS with a big crowd in uh, LA is going to be awesome, man. Like I just like to fight regardless of if anybody's watching or if the whole world's watching. Um, I just like performing and having fun. Johnny as like, you know, when you get to the top and, and you get to this point of being champion, do you notice people around you changing? Like, how is that? Because you work so hard, you fought, you work so hard to get that tight knit group that worked with you. Um, do you have new people who say, well, now I want to put my input because now they know he's legit. And do you have to block that out? Cause you just kind of want to keep your circle, what your circle is. Uh, kind of not really at the gym. People kind of know, like the guys I work with, um, so not too much of that. It's more like outside of that, uh, outside of the gym where like, you know, people are starting to recognize me. People are like, want to invite me out to places, so on and so forth. And honestly, if, uh, if I, if I with them beforehand, I'll probably, you know, entertain it. If I didn't, um, probably we'll just block it out. Um, more sponsorships are coming through for sure. I got some more, uh, more people talking to me and, you know, it's, it's, I'm getting a little validation and, and with that comes, you know, a little bit more responsibility with the people I need to surround myself with. So 
yeah, I, I, I think I gauge it pretty well and I cut out the people I need to cut out and I let the people in that I need to let in. Have you found it uh, hard at all? Because, you know, you train in a pretty awesome place in South Florida. Uh, there, there can be a lot of fun distractions. Uh, do you allow yourself mm -hmm. to enjoy that at all because you worked your ass off to be champion or do you have to, uh, you know, I guess bat it off even more because it can, there can be a lot of temptation. Hey, Kansas city is cool too, BT. We not got like, Kansas too. Not like this too, bro. Not like, not like it is down here. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, distractions for sure. And I, I cut out a lot of them, but here and there I'll, I'll entertain some things, um, enjoy myself a little bit, but I tend to stay away from drugs and drinking for the most part. And I feel like that's where, you know, people really have a downfall is when they get, you know, stuck on like, narcotics and like getting like up um i tend not to really party like that but you know i might go out stay out a little bit you know entertain entertain a dinner you know go out for a for a little bit and you know maybe not get the right amount of sleep that night but i'll i'll, I'll make it up like during the week usually and it's not like a thing i do like often so my main goal is to be the best fighter in the world not be the best partier what about when you're inside that cage, though? Because you got that O next to you, that undefeated record. How are you not, you know, cocky or get to the point where you just think that nobody can beat you when they haven't so far? Um, I mean, I don't necessarily think anybody can beat me, but I do understand that there is a chance that I can lose, and I don't really care, man. It's just a fight. It's just a. It's just a number. Like, who cares? Like, no, I, I don't, I don't want to get embarrassed on national television. I don't want to get knocked out. I don't want to get beat up. Sorry. That's why I train so hard, but sometimes, you know, you can't control it, but also I don't care. This doesn't even matter. Like if I win or lose, it, it literally doesn't matter, you know, to what goes on in the world. Like it, I'm just entertainment at the end of the day. So I, I'm, I like, I don't really take too much. Uh, I don't, I don't weigh it too highly. Like if I was like a business owner and if I had to like create a product that, you know, let's say had to save people's lives, that would make me really nervous. Like I literally have a friend that works for the medical device sales company for, for a medical device sales company. And he has to program these heart, um, these heart things to keep patients alive. And if he up, someone might die. You know I mean? <laughs> like that's stressful for me. Like that's stressful, bro. Like someone's life is in your hands. I'm just going in a cage and like fighting somebody. <laughs> like engineers have to build buildings that don't crumble and that have to like keep society afloat like that's nerve-wracking me going in a cage and like fighting another human like and i'm pretty i'm damn good at it man that ain't that's nothing that's just i'm just i'm just in there having fun you know providing entertainment for people so yeah, I don't know. I, I think my scope of uh, scope of things are a little bit different than what most people would think. So that's why I don't. Uh, that's why I'm so like relaxed during fight week. It's just like, hey man, I'm here for fun. I'm here to entertain. I'm here to get paid and be an entertainer. And I'm just gonna enjoy every moment of it and put on a show because it's it's really not that big of a deal. John, you um, you know, we've seen with Bellator a lot of young stars starting to rise between you, AJ McKee. They're just kind of own little stable. How important would it be to you to ever like test yourself against UFC guys? Or do you like the idea of being kind of this new wave face of Bellator and, and, you know, being that young crop, which they seem to be trying to keep a lot of you guys around and, and, you know, have their longevity go on for a while. 
Yeah, I think it's important to keep homegrown talent um, at the, in your like to retain like talent. It's very important to build a promotion. So, um, I, I mean, I don't mind the idea as long as I get paid well, and as long as I'm fighting often, and as long as um, you know, as long as the numbers match what I want, and and I'm being active enough, I, I don't see a problem with it. The only thing is, yeah, it's it's tough because UFC doesn't do cross promotional stuff. So there might be fights I want that they can't make happen. And then it gets a little bit weird there. And then like, then you never really get, uh, I guess you, you really don't get to test yourself with the top of the top uh, fighters. So, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But for now, I'm, I, I love Bellator. I love where I'm at. I like where my contract's at. Um, we'll see where it goes from here, you know? Ironically, so does Fedor Emelianenko, and same thing, right? Like rinse and repeat. He couldn't work it out with the UFC, even though they tried many a time. Uh, where do you, where would you have him ranked when it comes to like all-time best MMA fighters? Speak like since he's fought for so long, I put him easily in the top top five, like best fighters of all time. Also, he's a heavyweight. So it's a little bit different because your longevity is a little longer. Um, so you can fight till an older age. You know, if he was if he was a smaller fighter, I don't think he'd be fighting as long as he did. But I mean, definitely top five ever. Like he's literally a legend of the sport. Um, fought like the who's who in MMA. Fought in so many promotions, and you know, just put on really good performances. So. Definitely top five on my list. Were you, uh, John? Were, were you there the uh, the day the Dolphins came over to uh, to train with you guys over at ATT? And uh, how did that go? Did you did you give any uh, other other players a whooping? Like, did they did they get a, a real welcome into mixed martial arts? They, I mean, they just sat back and watched. Um, I remember me and Roman Feraldo got some sparring rounds in the in the big cage, and I think we just like did three rounds and. I mean, we were, we were just having fun, you know, kind of just playing around. We were sparring a little, little, not too crazy, but a little hard to give them a little bit of a show. And you, you could tell, you know, some of the guys were like, damn, that's pretty impressive, you know. And some of the guys, you could kind of tell they didn't care. They're like, ah, whatever. But We're just here on a field trip. Yeah, kind of. But some of them, you know, were like, damn, this is pretty impressive. This is pretty cool. And uh, it, was, it was a cool experience. I, I thought it was awesome. I think they should do that more often. Johnny, before you split, one last question for you. So we know you've got a fight coming up February 4th. Once you beat this guy's ass again, what's next? Like, do you give Masasi another shot, or what's up? Um, they're doing a, a number one contender fight. Um, Edwards and Musasi are fighting in May in Paris, I think. So probably winner of that. I got to make sure I take care of Tokov uh, in a week. That's more important. So I'm really focused on that. But it seems like they're trying to set up the next uh, contender for the for the belt. We're rooting for you, man. We've had your eye on you. We appreciate you coming on, dude. Stay healthy. Go out there and win this fight, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you so much.